Hello, fellow Rebel Capitalists. Hope you're well. So I've got some data, some housing data that I think you really need to pay attention to. You're not going to want to miss this. So let's get into it right away. Let me do a screen share. Okay. And before we get into it, I want to encourage everyone to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. It's the investing website form that I have with Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. There is no better way to have an edge and to prepare for what is coming to set up your portfolio and make sure that you're not only surviving, but thriving, whatever we see come at the end of 2023 and into 2024. You can check it out, georgegammon.com forward slash pro. Okay, let's get into these data, guys. Uh, this is really some eye-opening stuff. And I actually just stumbled across this website because I was looking for the website for the earlier video where we were talking about the federal home loan bank and i stumbled across this which is the fhfa and they do a uh, a study they have like a a housing price index that they update in real time and keep in mind these are nominal prices so we can see the top 100 metro areas the number on the left column is year over year number on the right column quarter over quarter now, what's amazing to me is whenever I watch CNBC or Bloomberg or even a lot of these podcasts, the talking head, the guru, the quote-unquote expert, always says, gives these reasons why they're bullish, why they're bearish. And what's astonishing to me is they always just neglect to discuss the yield curve. I think it's because it's just so basic. The experts just kind of brush it away like oh it's it's just not esoteric enough it's it's not at my level and therefore they dismiss it when it's really the most powerful predictor we have it's just it's amazing to me i always listen to these podcasts or these interviews and in my mind i'm thinking well yeah but the elephant in the room is that the yield curve is massively inverted like like why is no one talking about this like it's just like it's normal or something and it's the same thing when you hear these housing experts on CNBC. They talk about this finite data over here and this finite data. And, well, I've got this opinion because we're going to see the housing starts increase and because supply is at an all-time low. And, well, we've got demand because mortgage rates are coming down by 50 basis points. So more buyers are going to – and they talk about all this minutia when the whole time they just completely ignore the fact that when you adjust for inflation, the housing crash has already started. Like, what are we even talking about here? Why are we discussing this minutia? Let's look at the damn price, for heaven's sakes. So it looks pretty good when you look at the top 25 markets. You know, we go down here to Dayton, Ohio, and it's up 6.8% over the past year. But then look at the 75 through 100. <laughs> it's like, What? And it's not just California. Look, Salt Lake City down 4.9%. Denver down 3.8%. Vegas down 3%. Colorado Springs down 1%. Phoenix down 1.7%. Rockville, Maryland right outside of DC. This is the last place I would expect to go down. And prices are down 1.8%. Then the usual suspects, San Francisco, 10%. Austin, 8.5%. I mean, and look at this quarter over quarter. San Francisco in the last quarter is down 6.6%. Look, Phoenix is down one8 
So my point there in juxtaposing Phoenix and San Francisco is it's not like people are just looking at Gavin Newsom or all these crazy liberal policies and say, get me out of Dodge. And that's why the housing, I mean, that's one main reason. But look, Phoenix is one area that all the crazies from California are migrating to. (laughs) And yet it's still starting to crash. You say, George, well, it went up so much that now it's just, it's got to rebound a little bit. Okay, right. But it also could be the very start of the next housing crash, which would make sense when you actually look at home prices adjusted for inflation. So we look at this. And so if we were like right here and we had a little bit of a dip and you said, well, George, they've gone up a lot recently. Okay, fine. But they're still relatively cheap, but we're not right here. We're right. We're way up here, (laughs) which notice is still way higher than where we were in the 2006. And oh, by the way, this 2006 period is labeled housing bubble and it's labeled housing bubble for a reason because prices were in a bubble and now we're higher than that even though we have come down. So I think the burden of proof or the tough argument is on the side of the bulls here. So let's go back to this because I'm not done. Let's move over and let's consider the fact that headline CPI, right? Or excuse me. uh, Yeah. Headline CPI right around 4%. Now, just a few months ago is up at 9%, but let's just assume for a moment that the real and you know that, that that they understand it. So let's just say that 4% is somewhere in the middle. So let's say the real rates of consumer price inflation is 7.5%. Now, I'm, I'm, I think most of you would say it's higher as far as the your actual expenses. But just for the sake of this video, let's say it's 7.5%. Okay, fantastic. So remember, all of these percentage represent nominal prices, not adjusted for inflation. So let's just assume that over the past 12 months, the prices of the stuff you buy daily has gone up by 7.5%. Because when you're looking at the value of your house, the, it, the, the price at the end of the day is actually insignificant. What matters is how much stuff you can buy if you sell your house. How much goods and services or how many goods and services can you buy if you sell your house? Whether it's $1 or a million dollars, that's really all you care about. So if nominal prices go, it's like, who cares? That doesn't really impact people too much. Unless you've got a rental property and your rental rates are going up at a higher rate of inflation, then we might have something to talk about. But for most people, it's just their, their home, they're, a, uh, they're an owner-occupant. And so they just care about the real purchasing power of their home equity. Okay, so let's again assume that we're at 7.5%. That would mean that from... 19 all the way to 100, let me repeat, of the top 100 real estate markets in the United States, number 19 through 100 are down for the year in real terms. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of 
out-of-control central banks, and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. So again, when you're listening to these talking heads on CNBC going to all the nuance, I think the elephant in the room here is that when you adjust for inflation, most, I mean, 80% of the housing markets in the United States are down, are down. But yet when you listen to them, they have all these reasons why it should go up and they'll sit there and they'll totally ignore real prices and they'll just focus on nominal prices. And they'll sit there and say, oh, well, yeah, sure, you've got uh, you know San Francisco and some of these on the outlier because you have people moving out. But for the most part, the housing market in the United States is very, very resilient. And oh my gosh, in my area, prices have skyrocketed. There's 45,000 bids for every single property that's for sale and blah, 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 blah. Even though mortgage rates are sky high, we see this demand that's just unbelievable. And people are never going to sell their house ever, 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 because they're going to have their job forever and ever and ever and ever. And uh, therefore, they're never going to want to sell their house because it go up to a higher interest rate. So we're always going to be short on supply. Okay, well, great. We've been very short on supply. Grant you. I get it. I get it. And even with that short supply, we still see 80% of the housing markets underwater. So what would happen if we weren't in short supply? <laughs> what would prices be doing then? And then let's remember that the unemployment rate is 3.5%. And what is the Fed trying to do right now? They're explicitly trying to increase the unemployment rate. So if the unemployment rate goes from a historic low going back to the 1960s, 3.5%, up to even a normal level at five or maybe six, well, let's say that the Fed overshoots and it goes up to eight or 10, what do you think is going to happen to people's ability to service their mortgage? What do you think is going to happen to people's willingness to hold their house? Sure, they're willing to hold their house right now because they got a job. They can afford their mortgage. But what happens when their job goes bye-bye? Now, all of a sudden, it puts them in a different position. <laughs> they got to sell that house. So is it safe to assume that if the unemployment rate from, went from a historic low, by the way, which it usually is prior to a massive recession, if it goes up to even a normal level, five or six, but then goes up to eight or nine, would you expect to see more supply hit the market or less supply? Obviously, the answer is more supply. And we've had real price declines in 80% of the United States, even with historically low supply and low unemployment rates. You see, so I titled this video, Why It's a Very Bad Time to Buy a House. I present you the data. I present you the elephant in the room. <laughs> and on top of that, let's not forget that And the other elephant in the room that for some reason all these quote-unquote experts like to ignore, even though it's the best the most powerful predictor we, in human history when it comes to macro. And that's just a simple yield curve here. So I was telling members on Rebel Capitalist Pro last night, I said, why would you buy anything right now? Like, why? Other than cash, why would you do that? Or maybe a little bit of gold as an insurance policy. But look, look at how inverted the curve is. And you guys know just as well as I do that that is a very, very ominous sign. And usually the stuff hits the fan when this is no longer inverted. And why does it is it no longer inverted? Because the Fed drops rates. 
because the stuff is hitting the fan. So you see this steamroller coming at you. Why would you jump in front of it right now? Like, even if you have to buy a house, like you got to hold your nose and say, I get it, George, I'm probably going to lose money in, in real terms, but I just got to do it, you know, cause the wife or the kid's school district or blah, 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 blah. Hey, I get it, but don't buy now. Just wait till that yield curve is no longer inverted to see how this plays out. You, you don't want to buy right in front of a steamroller for heaven's sakes. You don't want to buy right. Like, would you have wanted to buy right here? Like, look at this. How about April of 2007? How would you have done if you would have bought a house then? Well, let's just go right back to the chart. April 2007. Ah, you would have bought right there. Pretty much the absolute top of the last housing bubble. That's where it based on the yield curve. That's where you would have bought. Why? Why do that? <laughs> Why the, the, the most powerful predictor in human history is telling you that we're going to have a recession, if not an economic depression, and you're out there buying risk assets. Or you're out there taking your entire life savings and putting it into a house. What, what are you thinking? What? Just time out for a moment. Sit back. Relax. Wait it out. It's a few months. See what happens when the Fed drops rates, assuming they do. And oh, by the way, if the yield curve uninverts as a result of the 10-year going back up, then fine. Now you're out of the woods. Let's say the Fed continues to raise rates because the economy's booming. Let's say this uh, this uh, that we have no landing or a soft landing. Fantastic. And then let's say the curve is no longer inverted, not because the front end going down, but the long end going up, meaning the 10-year going back up over the two-year instead of the two-year going back down under the 10-year. Then that's a good steepener, let's say. Then you know, okay, we're kind of out of the woods here. Then go ahead and buy the house, even if it prices are at all-time highs. But don't do it when you're at the depths <laughs> of a yield curve inversion. The market is higher than it was in 2006. And when you look at the data, 80% of the housing <laughs> market is down in real terms, year over year. And, and, and by the way, is it getting worse? Oh, I don't know. Look at how much red that you see in the year over year compared to the quarter over quarter. You notice that? Look, right here on the left, year over year, we have zero red. Zero. And you don't see it until we get to number 78. Look, all white. But notice what we see quarter over quarter. We have a lot more red. Not just on the right, number 51 through 100, but number one all the way through 50. Look at this. You see a lot more red. What does that tell you? It's getting worse, not getting better. So I can't give you any personal investment advice. All I can do is point out the data and then just tell you what I think is commonsensical and what I would be doing. That's exactly what I told the Rebel Capitals Pro members last night. And right now, whether it's buying a house, buying silver, buying commodities, buying copper, buying any type of risk asset, the NASDAQ, Bitcoin, I, I don't know why you would do that. Why? Just be patient. Just be comfortable doing nothing. Sit back, own some T-bills, collect the 5% the yield, and just wait and see how this plays out. And then once that curve is no longer inverted, then go ahead and assess the situation. Then go ahead and take action. But what you're doing right now with any risk asset is you're just picking up not even nickels. 
you're picking up pennies in front of a steamroller. And to me, that just makes absolutely no sense. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. We'll see you in the next video.